Welcome to Dr. Jeffrey Ross' Looking Good and Feeling Great podcast, live from Las Vegas, with his co-host, Daryl Craig Harris. Hi, this is Dr. Jeffrey Roth, your board-certified plastic surgeon in Las Vegas, Nevada, and welcome to our podcast. Yes, this is a. I'm actually losing count. We have a lot of episodes now. That's we've, right. We've, do, we've been moving along. Do we? Do we? When do we start the Roman numerals? Uh, I know stuff? exactly. When, when, do we, when do we? When do we get to do that? So. Exactly. Um, so we were talking today about um, labiaplasty, which is an interesting subject. So sure, absolutely. Something more and more popular. Again, something that we really didn't talk about in plastic surgery or medicine in general uh, 20 years ago or even 15 years mm-hmm. ago, but it's becoming more and more of a, a popular procedure. And people ask, well, why? Well, first of all, what is it? Exactly. So labiaplasty. So plasty, again, to, to shape or form. Uh, and then uh, labia uh, basically is a woman's vagina. And typically it refers to the uh, labia minora, which are the ones that are closer in to the mm-hmm. hemorrhoids. And there's the labia uh, majora, which are further uh, away. Okay. So typically when we describe that, we're talking about the uh, labia minora. And typically we're talking about the... Uh, that part of tissue that hangs down uh, a little bit longer than you would want it to. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so people come in and we talk about that. um, And there's a few reasons why you would look at that and, and think about having procedure there. And what they tell me is, is, well, first of all, one is people are looking there now, uh, more often. Right. One, uh, two is, uh, folks are wearing, uh, yoga pants and that kind of stuff. And so one, they don't uh, like how it, looks uh or uh, two is is they don't look they like how it feels and especially uh when they're doing athletics and especially spin class and and that sort of thing and and so more and more folks are coming in and and some folks just have uh, extra uh, tissue there naturally and some folks get extra tissue after having babies uh uh, etc etc so um so we're seeing more and more folks come in and saying well can I talk about this? And, and, and what are my because options? Because obviously it's a, it's a sensitive subject. Of course. Right? And, and what are my options? And is there really an operation for this? Mm-hmm. And uh, and whether they look at it, at it uh, on the the internet or whether they talk to uh, folks in the gym or whether they talk to the folks that are selling them yoga pants or, or whatever the case may be, we're, we're getting right. more and more or the folks girlfriend, Often the girlfriends in. too, right? Often, yeah. yeah. And, and especially moms, you know, sure. uh, the, the quote-unquote soccer moms and, and that kind of thing. So... Uh, talk about that stuff and so we're seeing more and more folks saying tell me about this and Mm -hmm. is this really an option and what does it entail and what can i expect etc etc so um so it's actually uh, quite interesting and now they have symposiums on it uh and now we we really have begun to talk about really the anatomy and the physiology and really kind of what makes sense uh about that area which uh sometimes really uh, doesn't get a lot of attention yeah or the attention that uh, it might deserve right. uh, in the medical field. Yeah. And do you think, um, I mean, what's kind of a, well, funny, but I mean, actually, too, people now, porn is, films well, are easier to, to access and people are maybe watching more of that. So they, go, they maybe they, something that they hadn't really thought about before, maybe they, they watch stuff like that and they go, oh, wait a minute, actually. Yeah, that looks, that looks different. So, yeah. and again, it, it, it different does not mean abnormal. Okay. Right. So many, many women. And what uh, bothers women. one person may not bother exactly. another Exactly. And again, right? we, we've talked about, you know, aesthetic, you yeah. know what I mean? And now there's an aesthetic. And, and so you come in with, okay, well, step one, this is normal. And step mm-hmm. two is, is, okay, well, what do we really kind of want to do here? Et cetera, right. And et what bothers you about? The, right. The, exactly. The, so, yeah. Uh, so, you know, what's the goal here, uh, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, but more and more people are, are, are saying that exact, exact thing. It says, oh, people are actually looking there uh, right. now and comparing in, in, in that. So, so there is that more inquisitive. Yeah, there's a societal aspect to that too. Right. And, and so people are actually asking questions. Right. And that doesn't mean when you go to the plastic surgeon's office, you got to do something next week that just says, oh, well, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And so now with the seminars, now there's different techniques and, and there's different uh, little flaps and there's different things that you can do, yeah. again, depending on what the goal is and what uh, where you want to go, uh, the point A, point B, and then and, and the anatomy that that particular patient has as to what you need to do with it. What would be a typical 
um, I don't know if there is a typical age, but what would be a typical age for somebody that maybe starts thinking about something like that? Is it just really a wide range? That's or? a great question. The answer is, is everybody. Uh, yeah. We've had folks uh, come in that were young to folks that are coming in that are much older, folks that have had lots of babies, folks that have had yeah. a trauma, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not just the labia minora we're talking about. Sometimes we're also talking about uh, the area above the uh, clitoris, the clitoral hooding, et cetera. And, and so... Yeah. So that is that, another big subject, with right? That, and so, right, right and yeah. all of that area. Some folks actually are now uh, talking about changing the, the labia majora with uh, fat transfer or fillers, and, and again, really sort of depends on the aesthetic and mm. what your anatomy is and where you kind of want to go with it. But but at least now we're talking about it, and at least now we're actually studying it. Um, and I think that that is always good if you have somebody that shines a light of reason. Uh, on things and really discuss them openly yeah. and earnestly. That's always better. Right. And creating an environment as a doctor probably too, just where people feel comfortable really being Absolutely. honest about of course. that. And especially yeah. in the doctor's office. I mean, again, we take this Hippocratic, before HIPAA, everything else, we all take the Hippocratic oath where, you know, what what goes on here stays here, et cetera. Sure, and yeah. that, that we need to know. Uh, you know, what drugs are you taking? We need to know what what kind of behaviors you're doing. We need to know, yeah. because otherwise we don't, we medicine folks um, don't really have the whole story. And 80% of medicine is history, uh, which is again why pediatrics is so hard because you get the history from the adult. You can't really ask the kid exactly. what, what hurts, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then you confirm it with labs. You confirm it with x-rays. You confirm it with your physical diagnosis. But a good 80% of medicine, uh, of what's going on here, comes from the history. And so that's why it's really important to be honest with your doc. Sure. Um, and, and, and when you're not, there's there's a price to be paid. For example, you know, people can go ahead and swear up and down to me that they're not smoking cigarettes, but they come in two weeks later and the whole thing fell apart and mm. it's kind of obvious. Right. So, so again, it's important to, to go ahead and be upfront, but it's a hap- it absolutely has to be a safe space yeah. uh, as, as well. So typically with that <clears throat> operation, so it's basically a reduction would be the normal. Right. right? So yes. So typically, yeah, you reduce the, uh, the size. Uh, and again, we can talk about you know, X, Y, Z planes and all that kind of good stuff. But basically you, you go ahead and, and reduce the size. And so things uh, don't hang down quite as much. And it's right. usually more aesthetically pleasing. Um, what's the, um, is that a painful procedure do you typically or what well, do you, yeah. so, what's the level? Of so again, that? with pain control. Although women, I think, I, it's my understanding that women have actually had a little bit of higher tolerance. Generally. Well, yeah. Women, if you had kids, obviously. Well, women are stronger than guys. I mean, that, we, 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 know, we know that. Yeah, we know uh, that. Because we we're, we're big babies. So that's, <laughs> men, men are. So yeah, well, it's saying that, well, starting with that baseline. Sure. Uh, two is pain control, uh, again, before and after surgery. Uh, is uh, uh, perioperatively is uh, always paramount. Yeah. You typically want to have somebody have a little bit of pain, and, and what I mean by that is, is on a one to ten scale, you usually want the pain to be about a three to a four, and uh, it's manageable. So right, so basically, this is you can get up and move around, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If there were a ten, well, they're an extremist and they're not breathing, and that's no good. If there are a one and they're completely schnockered, uh, that's no good either. So typically, sure. I mean, just post op, uh, you know, between a three and a four, and there's pain medicine for that, and we yeah. and, and and all of that, uh, and then usually things subside, obviously with time and. Things get better and better and better, and then usually, um, uh, obviously, uh, later on towards the weeks and the months and, and, and ensuing, then it's not the pain goes away, and then you can really go ahead and concentrate on the result. Right. And are you seeing um, a lot of? I mean, is that a common procedure that you do? What like what's what would be the percentage? Well, yeah. So it's getting more and more common. Right. Uh, again, yes, people you, are more open yes, to talk about. Right. It. No. Yeah. If you asked me that twenty years ago, not so much. If right. But lately, lately being the last five years, I think we've been seeing more and more uh, mm-hmm. of that. And again, the word is out. Uh, more, more. Uh, the physicians are talking about it. Uh, yeah. It's actually out there in the world of uh, Us Magazine and right. Glamour Magazine and well, Cosmo. Yeah, because it's actually, there's, I mean, I wouldn't say fashion is not really the right word, but that that's definitely in the mainstream. Yes. So people in the mainstream and the mainstream media are actually talking uh, about it. Yeah. And it's not a verboten subject anymore. Uh, right. Basically, is, is a girlfriend can ask about that uh, in the locker room. Like, Did you, and, you know, yeah. girls talk in the locker room, so I'm 
told yeah. about all sorts of things. But <laughs> but that's one of the subjects that comes up, and and now nobody really kind of bats an eye. Yeah, it's so. interesting. I mean, like also we talked about um, piercings, so that's actually become a more yeah, so, common area to get. Pierce. Yeah. So yeah. So people are are, are putting uh, piercings in well everywhere uh, now, and of course in in medicine we see that mm-hmm. often, and especially in surgery you have to be cognizant of that because we use electrocautery in surgery, and so what you don't want is it your electric pencil which you use to go ahead and uh, stop bleeding uh, to arc to something that is metal well, and, yeah, and, and cause sure. a burn. Uh, also, um, you also want it's time of surgery to take all those out because especially if those piercings are near the operative field, you want to really scrub everything and make it as sterile as you can. So you sure. want to go ahead and get into every nook and cranny, et cetera, et cetera. But to answer your question about piercings lately, uh, it, it's amazing. We've seen more and more folks come in to get their earlobes uh, fixed. Right. Yeah, and we were just talking about that too. Right? So yeah, so get their earlobes <laughs> fixed. Uh, a lot of the folks have uh, been through the gouging and they're kind of over it and, you know, okay. Uh, some folks, you know, want to change jobs, et cetera. And then now the U.S. military uh, won't take men who that have uh, earlobe holes. Oh, and uh, because so many folks have gouged for, in for so long. And so basically recruiters tell me that if they grab the earlobe and pull on it and see light through it, then the guy's out. And right. so, yeah. so we've been getting our fair share of recruits coming in yeah. uh, to go ahead and get that sewn. And up again, and that's, I mean, that's sort of become a fashionable thing, the, the piercing thing, but it has a, its complications as well. Well, course. sure. Any, anytime you take a sharp pointy object to somebody, uh, you got to be careful. Yeah, so exactly. whether it's uh, Botox or filler, which are ridiculously safe, uh, or in my case, take a knife to somebody in the operating room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to try to line your ducks up as best you can to get the best outcome, right? You have to have uh, an anesthesia uh, doctor. You have to have a surgery tech. You have to have a sterile environment. You have to have sterile equipment. You have to have... So those all those things have to be in place uh, before, you know, the music can begin. Mm-hmm. So the, for the um, labia surgery, what's the typical recovery? Yeah. Would you say... Uh, so within it, a week, right? Or? So it usually depends. Most recoveries, basically, the first three days always kind of stink out of whatever recovery, right, sure. and that's usually just kind of piddling around your house a little bit. Uh, day zero to three. So day three to seven is usually you can go to the mailbox and back. Uh, day seven, you can typically walk around your neighborhood without your dog, sort of thing. Sure. But it depends on the patient. Of course, everybody is different, especially right. down there. Um, and so some, I mean, you can't really strain. You can't. You know, obviously, you know, ride horses and bicycles and stuff like that for a little while until things have a better construct and then are a little bit more healed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we always see folks often, and then we say, "Okay, how you doing? Okay, the incision looks good. Da, da, da. Okay, now you can X. Sure. Right, so now you can walk. Okay, so now you so can." So it's paying attention to the even combat. just normal surgery, paying attention to the post-op. Oh yeah, instructions. Yep. And... yep. So all that stuff is. Uh, we pride ourselves on our perioperative care to make sure folks uh, set themselves up pre, during, and post surgery to get the mm-hmm. best result they can. Um, and we were actually we had talked about the mommy makeovers. Would you consider that as possibly part of that? The more maybe the more I guess extended part of it, but right. So again, the mommy makeover it, it's not a, a true a thing. You won't you won't see that in the medical literature per se. It, right. It's more kind of a, uh, I guess, a, what people—it's sort of term. people. It's out there talking. Yeah, about of course, it. and that usually consists of something with the breast, and that because usually with the babies and and all that things kind of go south. Sure. Uh, and so that usually consists of a, a lift. Uh, plus or minus breast augmentation with lift, which are very popular here in Las Vegas, to go ahead and get their upper pole fullness back and get things back where they're supposed to be. Sure. Uh, liposuction versus tummy tuck of the uh, abdomen, and then liposuction of the flanks. And, and we do it more and more upper back because women hate that fat in the back. Right. Yeah. So men, the, do, men do too. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so for the bras, yeah, especially. We should, so. we should talk about the daddy maker. <laughs> so the daddy maker, yeah, the dad bod. Yeah, there's more and more guys that are doing exactly that. And then, so, yeah. and, to, and then to your point, the labiaplasty, while not commonly referred to in the mommy makeover, but it, it might. Because having kids well affects be, that, right? It can. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so it can, especially after uh, having many of them. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, things happen. Kids are great, and, but they knock the heck out of a woman's body. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I, there's guys like me that, that kind of combine, mm-hmm. put the pieces back together uh, again and make people feel better about themselves again. Yeah. I think, um, you know, with women, too, that 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 stuff, like, you know, there's things that we, as, as men, we don't really think about. But with, with women having kids and that kind of thing, of course, they love their children. But like you said, it does take a, a toll on the body. Oh, of course. Sure. And, and if people that are, like, maybe in the professional world, 
um you know they they or like in Las Vegas, we have, you know, the cocktail waitresses, the people that are have to wear the small costumes. Sure. All of those things become into play, right, with, well, your, sure. with your practice. It's, yes, it's a, it's a glitz and glamour that is Las Vegas. And, and I used to take care of a lot of the, the red carpet folks uh, in Hollywood as well, mm-hmm. is is that's their currency. I mean, and right. some people's currency, you know, if you're a, a PhD chemist, et cetera, et cetera, and then that's your, you know, your brain's your currency and, and mm-hmm. enhanced stuff. Um, the folks that are on the red carpet, and that are out in front of us, that's their currency is the glitz, the glamour, the look, et cetera, et cetera. If you're a, a showgirl in Las Vegas and, and again, <laughs> growing up in Las Vegas, what that means is is basically, you know, we would get you know, picked up from baseball practice and there is somebody's mom happened to be in the Lido, you know, because right, we sure. only knew that because, boy, was she tall and pretty. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a funny world And here, two is yeah. so she had, you know, the 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 jacket you know what mm-hmm. i mean from the, so oh okay and that yeah, that was normal a lot of those girls were six feet tall <laughs> yeah so yeah well they had the bob mackie dresses you know, right exactly, five yeah. seven or, or mm-hmm. not or fluff over at uh uh at uh, jubilee would throw you out and, and all yeah, that exactly. stuff she was an institution in of herself yeah. so but um uh it, so yeah so in that regard it, it's part of that whoever whatever you're doing is that that part of your currency mm-hmm. so um so we understand that uh, here in Las Vegas, more than anywhere else, and so we understand that while it might be trivial to some, it can be very, very important to, to others, especially right. if your face is on a billboard that's thirty feet by fifty feet, you yeah. know, uh, wide. So yeah, for, we were talking about you know doctors, lawyers, people that are in the public eye, um, and you do. I mean, you've done a lot of media related to your practice, related to top ranked boxing. Um, so people in that situation, I mean, those things do become more important, right? Sure. So yeah, yeah. You know, I have a face for radio. We've established that, but but <laughs> that's not true. But but uh, but basically, is is yeah. That's that's kind of part and parcel of uh, right. of of a lot of stuff that's that's um, that's that's going on. Not, not only here in Las Vegas, but elsewhere. And it, it used to be the big markets. It used to be you know Los, uh, LA, Los Angeles, New York, New York yeah. Miami, and stuff like that. And and so, but now I think uh, people have really kind of widened out. Uh, what you know they like to see uh etc cetera, etc cetera. i mean you know in the 70s everybody on screen looked like you know snow white you know right. t- turned up nose etc cetera, etc cetera, yep. at the end it's a, and now yeah, it's interesting how the the you know the time the decades different things are become yeah. more fashionable more oh, different absolutely. looks right absolutely in the 70s everybody wanted to be twiggy right, right everybody exactly. and so and then even when i started out Again, you know, 17, 20 years ago, at the beginning, everybody wanted to be size zero, right? Everybody wanted mm-hmm. to be uh, Nicole Richie, you yeah. know? And then the Kardashians showed up. Yeah. And then... It's, it's uh, completely, and that really changed. I mean, the, the one that, you know, people will sort of knock them, but one thing I would say is that one of the great things about them is that it changed the aesthetic. Like, it's okay to have a bigger bottom yeah, end. And it's a bigger, okay to have curves. It's okay to have yeah. curves. And again, depending on what, we talked about this a little bit previously, is what is beauty? And there are some guys, Dr. Ellenberger, there's some other uh, folks that have tried to do ratios of what is uh, uh, beauty, et cetera, right. et cetera. And it can change. For example, in... Um, it's in called, Bra- so the culture just... Well, yeah, yeah, in Brazil, and there's influences on... In Brazil, they always kind of like big butts, and they, they kind of like uh, skinny on top. And then Playboy showed up, and then Baywatch right. showed up. Yep. And then all of a sudden, the rate of uh, breast dogs uh, went up precipitously mm-hmm. uh, uh, up there. Uh, when the Kardashians came up, and especially in, in, in that whole South American kind of... Uh, demographic uh, again, Miami. The Brazilian butt lifts uh, yeah. uh, went went big, and so it really kind of kind of depends. And uh, in you know what is beauty, and again, what is that ratio? And uh, I think uh, I, I think I think it was Elber that um, I think Susan Lucci I guess mm-hmm. became the, the quote unquote by numbers the most perfect. But again, you got to throw it all out because yeah. uh, again, you have so many beautiful folks out there of sure. all different nationalities and and all different ethnicities and all different. Uh, ages now i mean you have some you know smoking hot you know bond girl uh folks that are in their 50s and i know that that's and, and that's just, really changed too yeah. right yeah i know when i was a kid you know when i think about somebody in their 50s or 60s as you know when you're 12 15 years old whatever you think oh my god that's so old but that's it's changed oh yeah and that's yeah. and to your point is is we get that a lot in uh, our practice is you know it's not my dad's 50 or my uh exactly. or or, mm-hmm. or whatever they're not you know 
sitting there rocking on the porch or anything else like that. Uh, and our dad, we were lucky because he was running full court basketball well into his fifties, oh, etc. So, so that was kind of cool. But um, having said that, is uh, so many guys are out there. They're at boot camps and they're at CrossFit and they're doing tough mutters and they're running yeah. marathons and they're like so uh, much healthier. Than uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I, I swim five days a week and, and they're like, and, and they're just in great shape. I'm like, yeah, but you know, my eyes make me look. Uh, make me look uh, old. So, okay, we freshen you up and then you go back to your Tough Mudders and you go back to, you know, you know co-kicking butt where, wherever you are yeah, physically absolutely. as well. And there are guys that are, you know, running you know, companies into their 70s and, 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 and 80s. You have, you know, the, you know, the, the late uh, Kirk Corning, the uh, late Earl Malaski, you have yeah. Bob Arum, you have all these guys that mm-hmm. are sharp as a tack. Right. Okay. And, uh, and they're their 80s and 90s and, and they not, still want to look good. They still want to look fresh. Yeah, and they're not, or, yeah, they're not slow they're not slowing out yeah uh and so yeah so and again now to your point is is they want to look freshened up they want to look all the good uh and you know why not if you're healthy which gets into kind of age and we talked about that as well uh is you know just because you're in your 70s doesn't mean you can't get plastic surgery right um we've this this past week we've had folks come in that were 79 77 Mm. and they're in great shape that's actually in a way i mean it's it's exciting to know that there's people out there that are still engaged they still want to look good oh absolutely want to feel good right right so yeah so no no absolutely and and thankfully we live in a time now that we can do that uh we know a little bit more about a diet and we know about exercise we know about medicine and we know about you know the things that are good and bad for us and then we get to choose uh and then there's genetics which really kind of wallops you uh yeah, you know sure. that's, you can't be genetic can't control it yep. that's tough but having said that we have a better idea now of, of what we should be doing how do you um and we were um on the last episode we had a discussion about social media and that kind of thing what's your thoughts on social media and plastic surgery as far as the pressure it puts on oh it's on the society in general teen girls yeah, it, it's know, it's a tremendous women. it's a tremendous uh, issue in his mac there's a thing that we actually call snapchat dysmorphia uh okay. where uh and, and there's literature now written about that where folks come in and want to look like they look uh with the filters Oh, interesting. So, right. uh, and that's that's an unattainable uh, yeah. goal. And that puts a ton of pressure. And like you said, well, one is everybody thinks they can be the Kardashians, right? Sure. Okay, so they're like, oh, well, you know, let me go ahead and get on this. And I do these filters. And, and I they think it's going to just be solved by plastic surgery. But there's a whole, right. there's a, you know, the thing that people don't realize, I guess some people do, but, you know, Kim, she doesn't do that by herself. There's a whole team. Oh, I, army, I actually yeah. worked with JLo. I worked with right. Jennifer um, on her her dance again tour um and like there's a big team right to make them look the way they look oh yeah including having their private chef having having, you know it's 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 very much more involved than people actually realize oh yeah no it it takes a tremendous effort uh for that and and so we talk to a lot of 17 year olds that come in and with pictures and i want to look like this right and uh and Sydney Crawford, uh, who's gorgeous, by the way, and, and still, yeah, still and, gorgeous, and, and and nice, and 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 everything else. Met her twice, um, but uh, she, she said it. She says, "Look, I don't look like that when I roll out of bed in the morning. I'm a mom. I got right, curlers exactly. in my hair." Yep. I said, "That's the best photographers in the world, and two hours of makeup, and two hours of hair, and the best lighting, and then they Photoshop it anyway." Yeah, when I first met Jennifer, actually, we were at rehearsal in uh, Hollywood, um, and. Uh, I, I was in the room and she, you know, she wasn't wearing any makeup. I actually didn't even recognize her. Yeah, so and happens. she's a very pretty, naturally pretty oh, lady. Absolutely. But the, one of the guys I was working said, oh, well, that's Jennifer. And I went, oh, I didn't. Because you don't, cool. you, you don't, you know, we're not used to seeing him and without the makeup, without right. the team and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, so there's the Snapchat dysmorphia. The other thing that's, that's interesting slash weird nowadays is we're getting calls for uh rhinoplasty tip surgery so tip of the nose surgery and why is because you have your instagram or whatever you're like and it's about a yard out where you're where you're putting your hand sure and, and then you click it and with that particular camera at that particular angle and you're photo- your master photographer so you get all this it, it basically is it makes the no tip look bigger right and yeah. so these girls are coming in the and go, camera oh. lies a little bit <laughs> yeah no kidding so yeah. uh, we should lie a little bit more for me but that's okay so anyway <laughs> me too. so that's right so <laughs> it, is, it is what it is i can work on it so having said that this is uh, the tip of the nose looks big and so but then i go ahead and oh, i take a standard shot uh, medical wise with a black background with a medical camera and, and I hand on the photos like oh that's me 
I said, yeah, no, that's you. That's how you mm-hmm. really look. You don't need surgery. You need a better camera. Uh, and, yeah. and that's, yeah. and that, but that's a big deal. And, and that's actually, that is driving people to the plastic surgeon, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Zoom calls now are driving people to the plastic uh, surgery that's, no, that's because now in the, in the middle is a pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. We're all on Zoom calls. And uh, and so, yeah, is, is your face is right up there. Yeah, and your so, nose is sticking right in the camera. Yeah, right there. And so people, yeah. again, are coming in for upper and lower eyelid lifts or those sort of things are, you know, what's with this neck? I didn't, they never had this before mm. uh, because they're staring at their own sort of reflection for six, eight hours a day. That's such a good point. Again, I, I actually, had, you know, you mentioned that because I actually just started another podcast do, using a lot of Zoom. And yeah, you're, people are not used to, I guess they're more used to now staring at themselves on a screen. Yeah. But yeah, you start noticing things that you would never normally think oh, about. Oh, all right? the time. And they're right. You know, everybody is asymmetrical, right? So one eye is higher than your photographer. You know, so one eye is higher than the other one. One nostril is higher than one. One uh, nipple is higher than the other one. Everybody. And I say this all the time in the office. I said, look, with digital photography, we can get down to the millimeter. And I said, if anybody's perfect by measurements, I'm calling the Air Force because they're an alien and right. they weren't born here. So it's I got to check that out because everybody is asymmetrical, hundred percent. So yeah, yeah. That and again, it takes a team to make a person look great <laughs> on, in a photo right. on the, on the cover of Cosmo. Like that's that's you know, and 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 it's important. I think maybe even in your practice, it's important to remind people like all the time to keep the realistic goals right. and the, to have so, a better outcome right? all the time. So we we good. I talk people out of surgery all the time. Drives my office manager bonkers <laughs> so uh, or we say oh no you don't need this you need less like, blah, 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 right right so but that's but you that's want the best what it is what best it is. for the patient right? exactly and, and again my head works all right what would i tell my wife what would i tell my cousin what would I tell my brother and that answer shouldn't be different so um yeah and, and again it's about getting people from point a to point b in the best manner that they can but some mm-hmm. folks they do uh, come in and um they may have uh, an issue with one particular area, which may not have a surgical solution. And I'm like, look, this is what this is and blah, 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 or whatever. Or I say all the time, look, this is a long run for a short slide. You know, I could fix this, but boy, you're going to have a a, a big scar. You're going to have X to Y to Z. And they're like, oh, really? Yeah, they have to weigh the consequences of. Right. And so it really kind of depends on, um, you know, is it worth it? And and judgment, and that's why you come to a guy like me to give options and then weigh the options and see what might be right for that particular individual. Sure. That's the key, too, is that's why you go to the doc to go ahead and listen and talk and and actually see what's right for that particular person because what yeah. might be right for somebody is completely not right for somebody else. And what might be in fashion right now is oh. maybe not going to be the best in- outcome for you long term. Absolutely right. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, we, and you have to have that conversation and so that's choosing the aesthetic and if they Mm -hmm. want to choose that aesthetic whatever that may be if it's outrageous or outlandish or whatever like that you can have that conversation and you but you have to let them know what they're getting themselves into sure um let's talk a little bit mainly because um we're seeing a surge in in the covid cases um it's not a you know it's not a, a great awesome subject to talk about but it's important and i know people some people maybe have uh been dealing with that in their own personal lives i have a lot of friends that have dealt with that um what's some advice that that you would give related to that as far as sure so this is yeah this is kind of the issue of our times uh unfortunately in in as right and and so so the the covid or coronavirus or that kind of thing yeah a couple of thoughts and and when we were shut down and we were shut down two months completely before with the with the coronavirus uh and then we were doing some uh some facebook lives and everything else to try to because i get 16 emails a day right uh from because the the thing is you're a medical doctor first right? right and then plastic surgery right. so 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 i get you know, i'm on everybody's list from yeah. so so having said that is but it's really interesting to see what is on the forefront of medicine and science and research and all that kind of stuff okay so a couple of overarching themes right first of all it's a weird virus all right terrific yeah. right so it mutates it changes it's weird um it attacks primarily the respiratory system because that's how it gets um it gets spread uh but we've been seeing more and more unfortunately 
uh, havoc in uh, the cardiovascular system, uh, in brains and neurotissue, mm-hmm. uh, all over. And so I think we don't know what we don't know yet as of this city. Right, we're still learning. So we're still learning because it's such a weird virus, and it's, only, it's been out a few months. Um, but you have some really smart people uh, working on it, and they're throwing a lot of money at it to try to go ahead and ameliorate it uh, as well. Now, the virus itself. So the virus itself, I think, is not going to go away. And what I mean by that is, is I think it's always going to be background noise, just like mumps and measles and rubella and and, and those sort of things. Which, and they're, you know, like a lot of those diseases that we nowadays don't even really so much think about in their day were catastrophic oh right? uh, terrible yeah. i mean yeah uh, you know google iron lung exactly you know, yeah. uh, google or polio small, or google smallpox right. google polio google yeah. so 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 throughout history we've always had this whether it's roman times whether it's, it, it, there's always been some pest- part, part of the human experience yes yeah. there's always been some disease uh, across uh, across the land in fact even in the history of war we can go down that whole road but basically is is i believe and somebody somebody please correct me is is i i think uh, I think it was Korea, uh, maybe Vietnam, that more people actually died of gun wounds than actual disease. Mm. Uh, so because you put a whole bunch of guys in one place uh, at one time, right. and you're going to get cholera. Right. Uh, oh, you mean and, actually, you mean yeah, from disease from, versus the actual yeah, fighting. From, uh, right. from, uh, from gunshot you. wounds and fighting and all that stuff. Right, right. Because again, that's and if you look at the uh, the history of warfare, especially the Civil War, is that was a big change because they put latrines away from where the chow line was. Right. Rapid evacuation, Just basic sanitary. Right, rapid stuff. evacuation from the front. Uh, antibiosis, is, well, not uh, later. Um, but having said that, is 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 yeah, it, there's always been some sort of pestilence that, sure. that's uh, that's around us. Okay, so number one is I think it's not going to go away. So, okay, well, how are we going to deal with this? Uh, one is, is herd immunity, which we're nowhere near close in as yeah. much as you got to get to about, it depends who you ask, 70 to 80% A of A lot of folks. people don't really understand what that means, right? right? So, so yeah. what that means is, is so many people have it, one, or have had it, two, that you actually have antibodies that work against it. And again, we're not convinced that the antibodies produced uh, will work in this particular case because people have been reinfected. There's been some cases of that. Right. So okay, uh, but it's a little bit more complex. Right. But yeah. we're working on it again. It's 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 not this ain't this ain't easy. Some folks are now using uh, convalescent antibodies, meaning they're taking antibodies from somebody who has had the disease mm-hmm. uh, and have antibodies and giving them to people that are currently having disease in the hopes that those antibodies will go ahead and uh, and help. Uh, right. That was So, and that is immunology from 30 years ago when I was in medical school. Right. When I 30 years ago, if I thought, oh well, yeah, I'll use this use this in daily practice, no chance. And here we are, 30 years right. ago, and we're back, you know, using that. Yeah. So that's that's why they teach you. Just all and that that's stuff very dependent on people school. actually being willing to donate their plasma. Right, right. and there's, yeah, forget about the logistic aspects of it. So, 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 okay, so. And herd immunity is, again, so many people have had it that the virus really can't bounce from person to person because it's got nowhere to kind of set up shop and then get communicated. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. so that's herd immunity. But you need 70, depends who you ask, 70, 80% of folks that have it. We're nowhere near close to that. We're years away from that. Okay, so that's number one. Um, number two would be a vaccine. Okay, and so that's important. And, again, you have some really, really smart people working on this they're getting it seems like they're getting pretty close but but it's it's well it's, it's still a little bit up in the air right? again everybody wanted you know this by christmas uh no chance sure. and again usually vaccines take five you know years to to go ahead and get up and running they've sped up obviously the process because of the pandemic etc and i'm happy to see that a couple of the studies have been halted which tells me that they're actually taking it seriously and not just jamming pushing it, it, jamming through, it through right, right? Sure. So that's one. Most of the vaccines have a two-shot program. Uh, Johnson Johnson had a one-shot program. And again, they have some really, really smart people, and we're throwing Mm -hmm. a ton of money um, at this. And everybody wants one that works if you're— And these are major companies that are— Oh, yeah, all of them. Yeah, yeah, they had Pfizer, J&J. I mean, all of them. all the big ones. So, yeah, yeah, so because they know that you're going to have something that, oh, I don't know, everybody in the world is going to want— Right, so, and you want it to be safe, and you have yeah. to be safe. So safety always, always, always first, because on the back end, you have to have trust, you have to have safety, or people aren't going to go ahead and do this. Sure. Now, the other thing that nobody's talking about, and that we should start talking about, is logistics. Meaning, uh, the virus in the lab, and and a lot of these folks are working with the virus. 
is uh, refrigerated at minus 80 degrees. Right. Well, who's got a minus 80 degree fridge uh, exactly. laying around? And yeah. oh, by the way, you have, well, millions of people that you have to, not billions, that you're going to have to uh, uh, to inoculate. Uh, so, so how is that? Where we need all the minus and 80, who decides maybe, who, gets it, who just right. gets it first, right? or, or or syringes, or that, and then you get into the ethical quandary of yeah, who gets it yeah, first? It's complicated. Yeah. So yeah, so it's it ain't as easy as it, it looks, especially sure. when you're dealing with humans and you're dealing with viruses. So yeah, that's it. So uh, yes, it's surmountable. I think the I think us humans on the planet we've stared down this sort of stuff before and working together mm-hmm. we're going to be able to go ahead and lick this thing and we're going to get back to something semi-normal right uh, but it's going to take a little bit of time and it's going to take some effort and it's going to take a little self-sacrifice and um which stinks but we've been through worse stuff than this before sure and and to that uh, uh, effect especially my colleagues, uh, the doctors and nurses that are on the front lines that are in the COVID units, and they get themselves all geared up, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and that's, they, I mean, and doing that for 12 hours a day, right? And, it's, yeah. and, and they're literally staring death in the face. But it's worse than that because you can't see it. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's, it's sometimes in that manner worse, but you do the best you can. And those guys and, and those people that support them, meaning uh, the, their families, uh, the guys that you know, bring the food in, the, yeah. the guys that push them yeah, off. Yeah, it's an entire the, team. It's, right? it's, it's a team. And you know, the guys in, in, um, in that central processing that sterilize everything. So all of those, all of those guys are important. Otherwise it, it, it doesn't work. Those guys really are the heroes. And though they're under tremendous pressure, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, am I taking this home? Am I going to get sick? I see people dying. Yeah. And, and so now the, and so now we try to take care of those folks too. The shout out to the Nevada psychiatric association who has set up a quote unquote warm line, right. uh, which, which means it's not staffed 24 hours a day, but basically is, is they have, uh, psychiatrists that are online and they're a phone call away. And the reason why that's important is because there was also this social stigma and, and we see it in regular people, but you also see it in military and cops and, and healthcare workers and firemen, people that have stressful jobs. Yeah. And uh, they don't want to say, oh yeah, I went to the shrink today. Uh, yeah, I went to the therapy. Right. Yeah, so there's, there's that connotation. So now- want to remove this stigma from- Right. So one, you got, sure. yes, and that's going to take a while. So, but with the Nevada- the NPA did, the Nevada Psychiatric Association did, is basically it's an anonymous line. There's no names. There's no bills. There's no notes. There's no nothing. Oh, okay. So these folks can call up and go, hi, I'm having a really bad day, and uh, this is why, and da, 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 what yeah. should I do? And so, and then they can get referred if they need to be referred and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one, and that's tremendous. And then number two is is you can actually call them up and ask them about psychotropic medicines too because some folks come in and they're on all these different medicines sure, right. and so it's okay to call a psychiatrist and go hey i'm going to put them on x to y to z and they're currently on you know q is that cool or not am i going to mess this guy up and oh, i'm going to put them on a vent but yeah. so so it's a nice to have a resource that's really just a phone call away and so they went uh really above and beyond and, and to try to do that yeah and i think um you know people tend to view doctors as bulletproof and I mean, they're humans, right? So you're dealing with, I know you dealt with trauma um, working in, I guess, Philadelphia. Sure. And like, that does take a toll. Like, I mean, I know you can get, maybe uh, you get, I guess, used to it in a way, but having to deal with that on a daily basis is, is so stressful, right? Sure. I mean, there's there's all sorts of different sorts of uh, stressors and, and and everybody right now is stressed. Everybody yeah. comes in. They've been my, working for, for months. Oh, every, crazy hours. Right. Well, yeah. Every everybody that comes to my office has a low level of anxiety because we don't know where we're going. Sure. You know, with with uh, with this thing. But yeah, especially in in places that have more stress in them. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it's you go ahead and you. You go ahead and kind of um, get eh, used to it or basically more capable of it. By the same token, it's nice. We've recognized that you don't have to be superhuman, uh, that it's okay to talk to a buddy or a colleague. That's uh, important. And that's important. And and the reason why we're doing that is because we're losing folks. Uh, We lose, and by that I mean 400, the latest statistics, uh, 400 um, medical doctors uh, commit suicide a year now. Right. Which is two graduating classes of of uh, medical students, and that's mm. that's 
tremendously bad. Yeah, it needs because to be addressed. It, yeah. Well, yeah, it needs to be addressed, and it, it takes forever to get a, a doctor up and running the speed and everything else like that. So it's a it's a drag on on society and healthcare and everything else like that too. And then it's a drag on every single one of the, or the families. And, and yeah. just, so yeah. we've rec- we medicine have recognized that and tried to help and try to have these mm-hmm. warm lines and all that stuff. And I think that that's, I, I think that's also important too. And, and everybody here is stressed and it's okay to check in on somebody and just go, Hey, haven't talked to you for a while. How you doing? Yeah. Okay, because especially now we're at home and now we're not really seeing anybody and now we're just kind of watching yeah, the news we're, and we're watching, yeah, you know, exactly. and, and then even getting even more silos. You get on social media and, the, and social media will give you more of what you click on. So you get smaller and smaller your silo. Sure. So it's okay to, to, to not be okay. It's okay to reach out to somebody and say, hey, you know, I'm feeling kind of crummy today and this is kind of why. And it's yeah. okay to go both ways with that. Is is uh, yeah, you know, I'm having to come in and reach out to somebody. So mm-hmm. if you're within the sound of my voice and you're having a lousy day and stuff, uh, yeah, you can go reach out to a buddy or a friend. Or mm-hmm. and by the same token, it's okay to check on somebody you hadn't quite heard from for a while. Yeah, you know, it exactly. could be a college buddy, sure, uh, or you know, that kind of thing. And that it's it's okay to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then hopefully we'll continue that past the pandemic uh, because because they found more and more is is the human interaction um, especially in older uh, people and older patients and everything else is really really key yeah the psychology of it is is definitely um, a big important aspect as far as even just healing in general sure um, you know I I think um, this is the uh, I know we have the Clark County Medical Society have they been really proactive that's here in, in Nevada. Um, have they been really proactive in that and in, in dealing with that? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, so so those folks again, they have. There's always somebody you can talk to as far as that goes. Uh, I think the again, just talking medicine, the AMA uh, has really reached out and has reached out to the state medical societies to do exactly that. Yeah, to go ahead because they see that. they see what's going on too. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, and even to the uh, uh, the doctors' lounge. You go to the doctors' lounges in the. In the hospitals now, and they have a standee up there with the with the number. Go, hey, it's okay not to you know uh, to feel good or feel the best, and mm-hmm. you're probably burned out because X, Y, and Z. And yeah, we're all going through it, and yeah, and talk to somebody. Yeah, be on that kind of a schedule for months and months, right? It's right. just intense. Yeah. Oh yeah, so yeah, so that's it's it's you know it's real, and we're trying to go ahead and uh, uh, and get ahead of it. Um, what for for the general public? What's your advice as far as? Um, the best best practices to avoid potential potentially getting infected with COVID. Sure. Obviously, the this wash the hands. It's yeah. It's 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 stuff. It, it's stuff you learned in uh, in uh, kindergarten plus yeah. a little bit. Right. Uh, in as much as I yeah I, I didn't know when washing hands became fashionable again. Uh, and it, <laughs> exactly. What, and you're and you're, you're talking to a guy that washes his hands a lot. Right. Uh, yeah. So I mean we scrub up before going to the operating sure. room etc. There's a reason why we do that. Um, uh, because. Uh, the solution to pollution is dilution, mm-hmm. uh, which means that if you go ahead and, and scrub, and if there's, even if there's something on your hand, if you go and dilute it enough, 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 then it won't be inf- as infectious. And a lot, another part of that, actually, I saw an interview with a doctor from New York who is working in the emergency rooms dealing with COVID. And one of the big points he made was, you know, touching your face with your oh. hands. We sure. don't realize how much we do that. <laughs> oh yeah, so we, we we all do that, and and even uh, periodically during the day, just wash your hands for no apparent reason whatsoever, because mm-hmm. you probably went ahead and touched something you, you probably shouldn't. Have. Yeah. So washing hands, distancing, uh, masking—I think those are the three things that we can do uh, and not and and not take a whole lot of uh, time and effort right. and uh, resources out of our lives. And you're also protecting the people around you, right? Yeah, so absolutely. So you protect, I mean, I wear I wear a mask in the operating room I have for 30 years. Mm. And uh, I'm protecting the patient more than I'm protecting myself. Because, sure. uh, and we want to make sure that things are nice and sterile, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the key to that would be, you know, it's a masking up. Um, you know, social distancing, uh, and then and then washing hands, and um, and then you know wiping stuff down uh, as well. And it doesn't have to be super duper. Uh, just soap and water is great. Got yeah. you know uh, some uh, Clorox alcohol it's laying around. Sense stuff, it's right? the common sense stuff. The stuff that your mom told you. Yeah, darn it, she's right again. Uh, <laughs> exactly. To to go ahead and, and protect Moms yourself and know. your family. They always yeah, know. they do. And yeah, <laughs> that's it's yeah, as annoying as it is. Yes, that's absolutely yeah. correct. So, and also. Yeah. I, well, something I noticed that I've mentioned to friends is if you use a mask, 
use a clean mask. Don't well, use the same mask for for weeks. There's that, and then the glove thing gets me it gets me a little bit crazy too, because most people don't know how to use gloves. Gloves are not there to be worn 12 hours. Uh, right. So so change your gloves because and then wash your hands and change your gloves. And, and so because I've seen guys we all have in the supermarket that. Uh, and that's fine. You wear gloves and everything else like that. And I think it's a good idea. But then don't touch your mouth with the exactly. glove <laughs> in your hand. That, that kind of defeats the whole, insane. The, yeah. the whole purpose of it. So, yeah. So, again, it's just it, we're all creatures Common of habit. Sense we're, we're all creatures of habit. And, but, but yeah, just kind of think it through a little bit. And there's little mm-hmm. things that if all of us can do, we can really go ahead and help uh, ameliorate it. What's um, talking about doctors and, and all that? What's some of your favorite memories or one, maybe one of your favorite memories about medical school? I know, I know you have a lot of well, stories. Well, there's, yeah, there's, there's a couple. Because, yeah, it, it's, it's kind yeah, of a actually, right of, how many years were you? That, it was right many up, years, right? Uh, uh, right of passage. Well, yeah, so so there's four years of college and four years of medical school. And then I went a little nutty and I did 10 years of post-medical uh, school yeah. education. So right. I, I was there, you know, in higher ed, if you want to call it that, for 18 years. But but there are, um, there are some uh, areas, a guy post or whatever, but we, I was just talking about this in the operating room the other day, and so many more women are getting into medicine, and so many Pretty more sure. women are getting into surgery. And most medical school classes are the majority of women, which is great. Uh, which, which, yeah. which is great. And um, and I applaud that. And um, so I was back in residency, I was chief resident, and I had a, a junior resident or medical student, can't remember, um, come up to me, and she had this kind of like, and she was a good student, and she worked hard, and she had this kind of funny look on her face. And I'm like, what, hey, what, what, what's going on? And she says, well, I just had kind of this like strange experience. And I'm like, okay, you know. <laughs> You're like, uh-oh. So, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she says. Uh, Every good story starts that way. Right? So, so yeah, right? <laughs> uh, so this was strange. And she's, I said, yeah, what's it? Tell me. She says, well, she says, well you, you, you men are probably more used to this than, than us gals. I'm like, well. Okay, so all right, so so because when you go to the operating room, right, you have a locker room and you change out of your regular street clothes and then you put on scrubs. You go to the the, sure. the yeah. uh, OR and you do your thing and you come back and you put your street clothes back on. Okay, fine. So so she says, yeah, she says I was just done with this case and I walked in and I had the student locker and over uh, was uh, the surgeon that we just did the case with and she happens to be the program director. And we're both standing in our underwear talking to each other about the case. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. And she's like, that was a little weird. And uh, seeing your boss, you know, actually your boss's boss's boss standing there in their underwear, you know, and you're like, well, is this normal? I get, oh, I guess is what we do. And I said, well, yeah, I guess as fellas, we're used to that, a a little bit of stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, there's this guy who's written all the books and and is chairman of, 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 uh, plastic surgery and yeah. and is is up on all the deuses and everything else like that. Sure. And you're talking to them. You're both in your skivvies. Yeah, you know what I mean. Funny, Which is yeah. so. But that's that's part of uh, part of medicine. Yeah, part of life. Right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, so yeah. There's there's certain you know guideposts along the way or certain kind of <laughs> events that kind of stand out. Yeah. That's 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 kind of one of them. Yeah. What. Yeah. Um, basically, now with your practice, obviously the COVID situation has affected you guys. Um, are you now fully back up and running? Or well, what's the situation? Sort of. Uh, in it's as, tricky, right? With right. The, in, yeah. in, in, in as much as uh, we're, we were always uh, all about infection control, anyhow. Sure. So, and, have to be, yeah. and especially in the OR, is, is, uh, you have to, there's like two or three red lines you can't cross, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, you can't be in street clothes. You can't, you have to be in circle clothes. You have to have a, a hairnet on and gloves and this. So we're kind of used to that already. Right. And I'm a little even more nutty because I actually lock the door to my OR so people don't come in and out of my OR when I'm in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the nurses get me. They tolerate me. <laughs> uh, so kind of old school that way. But in, in our practice practice, we really, first of all, the staff, Clorox is everything an inch of its life anyway. Sure. It's baseline. And then now uh, we've adopted a lot of stuff from the, the CDC and other guidelines. We have people really waiting in their cars and, and – uh, and get called in from the cars and we oh, okay. take temperatures and we do the screener and right. we do all that stuff. We have the staff doing the screeners and taking their, uh, their temperatures Great. before they come in. We, um, are, we really between patients, we always have, because my mom was nuts about this sort of stuff. We would go to the doctor's office and she was a nurse. And so she would open up the drawers and look in the corners to see if anybody, it was like a white gloves inspection. Every oh, time we went to the, op- yeah. to the, to the uh, doctor's office, with my mom. Right. So, and so we, 
kind of got that. And yeah, you don't want to really go into a dirty doctor's office. Uh, no, bueno. And that's 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 no, that's <laughs> not a good. Sign. That's not good. So yeah. yeah, so we really we like to think we really kind of go out of our way uh, sure. to to go ahead and and do exactly. And you that. have a great team. So yeah, and we have a terrific team, and they all have bought into it, and they they all get it, and we all wear masks, and we all do the stuff we're. And it also supposed to it do. also keeps them protected, right? Exactly. So yeah. again, because it's out there, you know, right. it's it's background noise, it's out there, and. Um, uh, you know, you work with the public and you don't know, we you know mm-hmm. kind of where they've been and et cetera. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so, so we've, I think we've done uh, a ton of stuff to, to try to ameliorate that as best we can. Yeah, that's great. I, I think, um, I guess everybody, it's sort of like everybody's having to deal with that, right? Oh, everybody. You're, I mean, obviously you're a doctor, but it's also the, the business end of it. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yes. And so, I mean, everybody's dealing with that. You know, I, I pick a, I drive through and pick up from Canes, okay? And they right. have... They have. Let's you know, talk about the Canes line. So you're right. Uh, yeah, that's a different subject. So now, yeah, that's a, that's a whole thing. Yeah, well, that's that's a whole thing. Well, and actually, and, and and the kids are great. You know what I mean? And they're running around. It's 120 degrees. They had a uh, they had a tent out there, and then the tent left. And I'm like, well, where'd the tent go? It says people kept hitting it. I'm like, come on. And I'm like, all right. And so, but basically, so yeah. So now sure. you pay. So everybody's having it. Everybody yeah. has to to uh, to deal with uh, with that. And. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it's, it's we got we've got your is, brother and my wife laughing because the Canes yeah. Canes is a chicken place yes. for people who don't know and oh, yes. and it's for some reason fingers. oh my god in oh, Vegas it's, <laughs> oh, it's, it's banana well that's nuts and then if you look over across the parking lot the In and Out line is is uh, exactly. the same same length yeah they uh, In and Out Burger oh, I love In and Out Burger mm-hmm. um, yeah that's I know it's kind of it's a funny. West Coast thing yeah, exactly so, right yeah. Um, yeah I think I mean that's true and as far as the business standpoint. And safety is, has to be paramount. Well, it's right? always it's always paramount yeah. in in medicine and surgery. Uh, it's it's always uh, paramount. Yeah. And uh, even if you get you know an infection, I mean, you do two hundred cases a year, and you have a one percent infection rate, which is uh, that that's two. Right. And and yeah. that and it, every every single one of them kills me. Yeah. Uh, and, but you handle it and everything else, and, and and so, but we do everything we can not not to do that. Sure. So yeah. yeah. So, um, and, um, it, it, you do the best you can with, the, with what you have, but I think it, at this point, um, you, you know, we, we do it and we can't get fatigued and we can't get our, our guard down and it's going to be here. And yeah. it's just a matter of uh, until which time science, science hopefully will, will save the day as it often does. And education, I think educating the public on, uh, I mean, like you said, a lot of that stuff is common sense, the hand washing, but making sure that people are educated and know how to protect themselves is sure. so important. Sure. Right? No, absolutely. Um, I, Tell us how people can find you if they want to do a consultation for sure. um, what you talked about, the labiaplasty and, and obviously all the other procedures. What's the easiest way for them to contact you? Sure. Well, the uh, the uh, web, uh, we're on the web, of course, at uh, jjrothmd, uh, jjrothmd.com. Uh, and then we're all over social media, uh, obviously with uh, uh, Instagram and with uh uh, with Twitter and with YouTube and with Facebook, we, all yeah. of that. Uh, and then the phone. Uh, we still answer the phone. Uh, at, <laughs> yes, at, old at school. It's, yeah, it's not a bot uh, <laughs> or whatever. We, we like you know old school. Sure. Uh, so the phone. Phone number is 702 area code 450-0777. Uh, and, so, and we love questions. So if you yeah. have questions or that sort of thing, uh, by all means, call. And, and again, I'd rather you spend 20 minutes with me than 20 hours on the internet. Exactly, and and I mean you are, you are great at explaining, um, and and your consultations. I've been there for some of those that that we've uh, that I've witnessed. And I, I love the way you explain things. It's very clear, um, and information is is key, right? Sure, and we we try to demystify plastic surgery because what's uh, this spooky thing? And and people. Uh, fear the unknown meaning why that's why dark rooms are scary right exactly. and yeah. so you don't know what's in them what's gonna happen and so if you turn the light on you're like oh look there's a desk and a chair well that's not very scary right. and so we try to illuminate illuminate and and basically take the scary away yeah. uh from from all of that and then people get it and they're like oh Oh, okay. I get it. Okay. Well, oh, that makes sense. Okay. We can do that. Awesome. And if they go to your website, they can see your brand new, beautiful website. That's right. So, uh, <laughs> and so, and, and please, please do, if you find something we need to fix and, and there'll be plenty, uh, please do let, please do let us know if there's a, a comma or a dangling parsable. I hate when that happens. Uh, yeah, please, please let us know. <laughs> dangling parsable. Yes. Good. Very good. Okay. Thank you. Uh, 
everybody for joining us and um please again feel free to contact social media um we have on all the pages dr roth uh is very easy to find on instagram on twitter we also have uh, the show uh, official pages so please make sure to join us on there give us questions uh, if you have uh, um, ideas for episodes or subjects you'd like to to cover that's great too and uh we'll see you soon thanks a lot for joining us Thank you so much for joining us. For further information, please visit the podcast website link for Dr. Jeffrey Roth. See you next time.